uh, we've been preparing this theme today uh, of waiting for hope and I don't know what it is, but right now, in the middle of the Christmas season, for some reason, other than I've seen it at other times and other seasons, it's, it's a lot of people that are waiting on hope. And I'm not talking about just people that are far from God. I'm talking about people that walk with Jesus for a long time. And, and it's just like, man, is, is it going to come? And I hope that what we're doing today collectively and through the Word today, that you're going to leave encouraged and, and you're going to find that hope and be able to grab onto that hope. You know, we say it every week. We, we believe that you can find hope and healing and peace and purpose in Jesus. And today we want to focus on the hope and what that hope is all about. Uh, if you're new, my name's Brad, and I'm the pastor. Thank you for coming. I know there's so many things you could do. This season is so busy. But man, you just said, you know what, I'm going to go check this out. And thanks for coming. And if I didn't say hi to you, Laura and I are always back by the doors. We would love to meet you and, and say hi. If you brought somebody with you, bring them back. Let them say hi to us as well. Uh, and by the way, one of the best ways to connect with us is with the Next Step cards. So if you have a prayer request, maybe you recently made a commitment to follow Jesus, like we want to celebrate that with you, and we want to help you in that new walk. You can use the Next Step cards for that, and we'll tell you later in the service how to uh, turn those in. But if you have a Bible, let's go to the Word. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, download you version, great version of the Bible. Um, I read out of the New Living Translation, so you're going to look for that, Luke chapter 2. And while you're looking that up, let me mention again, Christmas offering is next week. And I, I hope you will pray. Laura and I were um, talking about it yesterday. And for the first time ever, I think this has ever happened, uh, her number was higher than my number when we said, hey, what do you think we ought to give? And she mentioned this number. And it was like double what I wanted to give. I want to tell you, faith didn't rise in me. I was like, oh, you just took my breath away. I don't know. Are you sure? And I was like, oh, man. And, I, and then she said, well, truthfully, I haven't prayed about it yet. And I went, yes. Okay. <laughs> and so we're praying and asking God, what do you want us to give in this offering? And and then we're just going to take our best stab at it, and that's all I'm going to ask you to do. And what I want you to do, though, is give above what you normally give. Don't give out of your regular offering. Let your regular offering stay here to help the ministries here. But, man, we want to support. You've already heard about the ministries we're going to be supporting that are doing incredible work in our city. And we want to help them to push that forward, incredible work around the world that we want to push forward. Pray this week, come next week, and, and, and be ready to give. Okay, Luke chapter 2, Jesus is eight days old. And when he was eight days old, Mary and Joseph took him to the temple to be dedicated. If you've ever been, if you've been in church for a little while, you've seen that where we dedicate babies. That's, uh, that practice has gone on for a long time. It was, a very, it was a strong Jewish tradition. And so Jesus is going to the temple to be dedicated. And we pick up the story in verse 25. It says this in verse 25, chapter 2 of Luke. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. Well, what are you eagerly waiting for? Like, what do you need to be rescued from? What is it in your life? You are not alone. Man, you're, you're hearing a story of someone else who needed to be rescued. It says the Holy Spirit was upon him. He had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That's kind of a big deal. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. 
So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms. He praised God, and this is what he said. Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. That's a good prayer to pray after God has answered your prayer. Thank you, Jesus. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about waiting on hope. Waiting on hope. Let's pray together. Father, you've already been here. Your spirit is moving. Thank you so much for the presentation of your gospel and the presentation of hope. And now in this moment, we just uh, we ask your spirit to, to move. Your spirit was upon Simeon. Would your spirit be upon us and in us and speaking to us so that we can walk out of here with our shoulders a little higher and smile on our face and hope in our in our hearts and in our souls today in Jesus name and everybody said come on one more time everybody said right there you go now you can sit down can you believe only two weeks and it's Christmas like two weeks. I, I was driving for some stupid reason on 71st Street uh, near Memorial on Friday. I don't know what I was thinking. Although, here's what I honestly said. I was like, do you people not know that you can shop online? What is wrong with you? <laughs> They're still going out. I, I, when I was a kid, I, I lived for this season. I, I, I made my list, and, and I, I wrote out my list and kept giving it to my parents. Did anybody make a list as a kid? Raise your hand if you made a list as a kid. Some of you didn't make a list? What's wrong with you? That's your chance to grab whatever you want. I, I, some people, they make a list. That I didn't have a top five list, a top 10 list. I had a top 20 list. I, everything and everything I want. Now, I know you think, man, that's very narcissistic. It's very self-centered. Man, you're greedy, Brad. Yes, I was, because I was a kid, and I wanted it all. Now, I, I remember, um, now, this is way back in the dark ages before the internet. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Before the, so long ago, in a land far, far away, they had these things called catalogs. Yeah, okay. Most of you are tracking with that one. Some of you don't know what that is. You, I had to get the Sears catalog, and you got, went all the way to the back of the catalog where they had like five pages, three of them were for girl toys, and then two for boys. And I remember I would look through that over and over again, and I would circle what I wanted. Then I would get my list out, and I'd write the page number, page 297, on my list, and I would put it on my parents' dresser. And then I would constantly update this top 20 list, and, but, but never failed. I remember one year, one year in particular, I wanted this radio-controlled uh, monster truck. I mean, this thing had massive wheels on it. It could run over small children. It was, it was awesome. I couldn't wait to get this thing. And so no matter how much my list changed, that was always number one. Never, ever changed. I remember going to the toy store with my mom. Yes, they used to have these things kids called toy stores. We used to have to get in our car and drive to buy things. It's crazy, I know. Uh, but we would go to the toy store. Anybody remember that? Going to the mall with your mom or your dad, and you'd walk by KB Toys. Anybody? Anybody? 
And you'd be like, Mom, Mom, can we, can we? If Dad was with you, there's no way. He's going down the escalator and back up the other side and avoiding it altogether. But if Mom was with you, you could go to the store. And I'd go in there, and I'd walk into KB Toys, and I'd be like, walk her to the aisle, and I'd be like, this is it. This is the monster truck that, that I want. Look at the wheels on that, Mom. And I'd show it to her, and I was so excited, and my list never changed. And then came Christmas Day. Man, I was so excited. Got up and I went down and we opened up all of our gifts. And, and in our home growing up, if it, whatever the big gift was for the year, they would hold it back and they would hide it. So I got all my gifts open. And man, I was so pumped. I was so excited. And so my mom goes in the other room and she comes out with this box. And I'm like, yeah. Because huh. the, the remote controlled monster truck box was like this big. And the box she brought out was like this big. And I tried not to show my disappointment. You ever try to hide your disappointment, you know? And if you're a parent, you know your kids can. I'm like, hey, oh, awesome. Remember opening it? And it was a radio-controlled four-by-four thing, but it was the knockoff. I even remember the name of it. It It's called Firefox. It was a piece of junk. And I was like, oh, thanks, Mom. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. They were sold out. And I'm like, it's okay. I remember going outside and, and firing that thing up and it going along the sidewalk. It's supposed to be a four by four, can run over anything. It hits a pebble on the sidewalk and the wheels go, Wee! thanks, Mom. What is it you're hoping for? What is it that you are uh, trusting God for? What is it you're believing for? What, what's on your list? Because we all have a list. I mean, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's your health. Your health is not where it's supposed to be, and, and you're just praying that God is going to turn your health around. Maybe it's uh, something to do with your, your, you got this dream. God put a dream in you, and, and, and you're hoping that God is going to fulfill that dream. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a prodigal. Maybe you got a prodigal son or daughter, or you got a, a prodigal mom or dad or brother or sister, and you're praying and you're asking God to speak to them, and you're you're hoping that their life is going to turn around. Or maybe it's an addiction that you've been dealing with, and, and that you you are praying that God is going to help you to overcome that. Or maybe it's your finances. It's Christmas. Come on, whoo. Maybe it's your finances and you just thought, man, I'm just hoping that I'm finally going to get a financial breakthrough. What is it you're hoping for? You know, last week we heard some incredible stories of, uh, of miracles. Uh, we heard about Jimmy and Carol and, and they uh, were believing in faith for a child and they had a miscarriage, but then they uh, got pregnant again and then God gave them a miracle baby. We heard Brian and Joanna's story. It was a powerful story of how they, the, the report of cancer, but then getting the report back later, no cancer. Then hearing Matt and Sandra's story, Matt, who was in the ICU unit and needed a miracle, he was fighting for his life. He probably looked like he wasn't going to make it, and God literally resurrected him from the dead. Man, hope, hope has come. What do you do? 
What do you do when the baby doesn't come? What do you do when, when cancer doesn't go away? What do you do when you, when you lose somebody that you, you hold dear in your life? How can you, how you, can you be sure that, that what you're hoping for isn't based on a false hope? And, and how, can you, how can you hold on to hope when, when all hope seems to be lost? This is what I like about Simeon's story because I think Simeon helps us today and I think we get some answers from him in Luke 2.25. Go back to that with me, Luke 2.25. It says this about Simeon. He was righteous and devout and he was, he was what? He was eagerly waiting. He was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. He had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Here's Simeon, man, he's got, he's got this promise, and, and he's eagerly waiting. Another way to look at that is he's actively looking. Like he believes, Simeon believes, this is the time, the Spirit has told me, I've got a promise, and it's going to happen. You ever been that? You ever been there? God's given you a promise, you believe him for a promise. This is Simeon, I'm believing for a promise, I believe I have the promise, I believe it's going to come, but it's not looking good. Like we've already heard kind of the story about Israel, but man, it has not looked good for hundreds of years. First, it's the Persians. The Persians had overtaken Israel and conquered them, and they were oppressing the Israelites, and they're waiting on the Messiah, but the Messiah doesn't come. The Greeks come instead. And the Greeks conquer the Persians, and then the Greeks are there, and they're waiting on the Messiah. They're believing for the Messiah to come, but the Messiah doesn't come. The Romans come. And the Romans conquer the Greeks, and now they're under Roman rule and authority, and the oppression's getting worse. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. And then here's Simeon in the middle of this, and he just believes it's going to happen. I mean, can you, can you imagine being close? Simeon's talking to everybody, telling everybody, sharing with everybody, it's going to happen. He's like that crazy uncle that shows up at Thanksgiving that's got the conspiracy theories. Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? You're like, hey, nobody bring up Donald Trump, okay? My boys, they do this all the time, every Thanksgiving or holiday. They will just throw something out at the, at the Thanksgiving table. We'll be sitting there, and they'll go, hey, did you guys see that, that tweet from Donald Trump this morning? They hadn't seen it themselves. They're just throwing it out there so our crazy uncle can run with it. Well, that's Simeon in a way. Like People like Simeon showing up for Thanksgiving, and they're like, nobody mentioned Messiah. Because Simeon really is convinced that the Messiah is going to come. Now, now, Simeon's not a crazy man. He's actually a really good guy. The scripture tells us that he's righteous, he's, he's devout, yet for years, nothing was happening. So just because you're doing right doesn't mean that things are always going to go right. Come on, somebody. Just because you're doing right doesn't mean things are always going to go right. Like, man, I'm, I'm a good person. I'm in church. Why? And I've been believing in faith for my healing, but my healing isn't coming. Man, I, I, I walk with integrity. I do everything right at work, but my business is still not where it needs to be. That person over there, man, they're cutting corners. They're not doing it right. I'm doing it right, and things are still not Right. Man, I, I'm, I'm giving. I'm supporting the church. I want to be in on the Christmas offering. And man, my finances, though, are, are still upside down. Man, God, you gave me a dream and, and I've stepped out 
to, to do that dream, and, and I'm, I'm still meeting with brokenness. Write this down. I think this will help you a little bit. It's a simple thought, and this is the thought. My hope will be tested. My hope will be tested. My hope will be tested. Come on, encourage somebody near you and tell them you're going to pass the test. You're going to pass the test. Encourage one another right now. You're going to pass the test. See, Simeon, listen to this. When you think about Simeon, it was in the testing. It was in the, the waiting that Simeon became righteous. It was in the waiting and the testing that he became devout. See, testing and waiting, what testing and waiting do is they draw us into deeper dependence on God. It's in the waiting and it's in the testing that our, I would say this, hope is forged in the fire of adversity. You want hope? You're going to get some adversity. And it's in that fire that it'll be forged and it'll be molded and it'll be shaped. Like what you talk to any of the old timers, any of the old timers, and you ask them, how have you done it? How have you made it? They will tell you, my hope, my hope was forged in the fire of adversity. I was tested. And when I went through the testing, that's what built and strengthened my righteousness. That was what caused my devotion to grow in Christ. It, it is in the, the testing that your hope is strengthened and forged in the fire. So Simeon, he's, he's certain of the promise. He's, he's man, I know it's, it's going to happen, but he was certain because the, the spirit had given him the promise. He didn't make it up. It was the Spirit of God who given him the promise. Maybe for you today, that's where you're at. You're like, man, God, God gave me a promise. I, I think and I believe that I didn't make this up. I, I think that God is the one who told me to believe this. This is where Simeon is at. Like, okay, he's the same way. And it, sa it says this about him. It says the Spirit was upon Simeon. Now, what's amazing is we know the Spirit now has come because of Jesus' death and resurrection. He sent the Spirit of God, and the Spirit is no longer upon us. The Spirit of God is in us. We, are, we have an advantage over Simeon, that the Spirit of God is always in me. And because the Spirit is in me, I can have an unexplainable hope. Nothing around me looks right. Nothing around me makes sense, but I have this hope. It don't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense, but the Spirit is speaking to my spirit and confirming it. I'm the crazy one like Simeon, but I believe that God is going to make this happen. See, hope, hope without Christ is just wishful thinking. That's all it is. If you have a hope, but Christ isn't involved in it, it's basically, well, hope for the best. <laughs> hope it works out. But man, when, you, when your hope is founded in Christ, when it's the Spirit of God speaking to your spirit, you can have a confidence despite your circumstances. Man, you, you, you got you to gotta let the Spirit lead and guide you. This is, listen, what Simeon did here in verse 27. It says, that day, say this with me, what? The Spirit led him. 
The Spirit led him to the temple. He, he's just going about his business. He don't know what's, what ends up. He's just going about his day. And, and God is leading him by the Spirit. Now, what you have to understand about Simeon is, and, and don't make any mistake about this, what he's thinking, when he's, what he's expecting the Messiah, and he's thinking about the Messiah, he's expecting the Messiah to show up like Chuck Norris, like with nunchucks, riding on a rhino. Woo! There he is! He ain't expecting a baby. When you have the Spirit of God in you, he gives you this confidence despite what you see. That's what's happening for Simeon here. Despite what he sees, I'm going to let the Spirit of God lead me and, and determine my steps even though it doesn't make sense. I remember walking into the ICU unit on that Saturday morning when Sandra got that horrific news about Matt. Laura and I met her at the door, had no idea that he had stopped breathing for four minutes and it didn't look good. And I, I remember when we went in and we were standing on one side of the bed, Sandra and Laura and I and the, their kids, and, and on the other side of the bed was the doctor and the doctor's on this side and he's giving the report and Matt's laying here in the bed and the doctor is saying, yeah, it doesn't look good. We don't know if he's gonna make it and um, if he does make it, it's... Um, we don't know what kind of quality of life he's going to have because he wasn't breathing. We don't know what kind of brain damage he's had and on and on and on and on and on. And, and then the doctor walked out and I remember going out in the hall with Sandra and I remember being so angry and I had to apologize to her later because I was so angry and I said, don't you ever let another doctor in here or a nurse or anyone and speak that way over him. No one comes in here. Only people walk in here and speak hope over him because he can hear like he's in a coma but what I believe when he was in that coma is the Spirit of God was talking to his spirit. And Matt, if you don't know Matt, Matt is a fighter. And Matt is fighting for his life. And what he needed was people speaking life over him, speak, people speaking hope over him in that moment. Like, that's what you, you have to have, that kind of crazy faith. And, I, and I'm thankful for doctors and nurses that are followers of Jesus. Because I've gathered around the bedside with many of them. I remember one nurse in particular. I said, do you want to pray with us? And she said, whoo, Jesus, yes, let's do it. Hallelujah, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. She started speaking in tongues. I'm like, you go, you go, girl. Just make it happen. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, what? Well, I don't care. I'll bring it all. I'll take it all. I don't speak in tongues, but you do it, and I'll take whatever you got, okay? Because I want it all. I don't care. I just know this person needs hope right now beyond what I can imagine. But I've also been there with doctors that don't believe, and they have this kind of thought that, like, you, you Christians, you're you so cute. Guys, say your little prayer. <laughs> oh, I just want to smack them. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? I... <laughs> Man, just hope holds on and believes despite what you see. But what if it doesn't happen? What if, what, if God doesn't, what if God doesn't answer your prayer? There's a, a story about David, and I preached a sermon a couple years ago. Some of you might remember. And David, his son was dying. It was terminal. He wasn't going to make it. 
And the Bible says that David uh, prayed and fasted for seven days and seven nights. He would not eat. He would not do anything else. Uh, his uh, counsel and, and the people around him were, were worried about him. They're like, man, what's wrong with David? He's got to stop. His son's not going to make it. David's like, no, leave me alone. I'm going to pray. And he prayed and he fasted and he prayed and he fasted and he prayed and he fasted. And on the seventh day, his son died. Then the scripture says something interesting, that David rose up and he worshiped the Lord. And what God taught me out of that story that I cling to so often is don't stop praying until the heart stops beating. Don't stop praying until the heart stops beating. In other words, like, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to make it or not. I don't know if this dream's going to come true. I don't know if my finances are going to all come through, but I'm just going to believe. I'm going to be a crazy person like Simeon. I'm going to be crazy like David. I'm just going to believe in hope until God tells me otherwise. I'm just going to believe. That's what hope does. Hope believes the best until God tells you otherwise. In other words, that I'm just going to, man, I'm going to hold on to this hope, and I'm going to trust God, and maybe, maybe not, but as best I can and as best I can discern, I'm believing for the best report. And if God tells me otherwise, I will rise and I will worship him. Why? Because my hope is not built on that situation or that circumstance. My hope is founded in Jesus My hope is founded in him and him alone. He knows what's best for me. He is sovereign over all, and I will trust him that he is going to do something beautiful no matter what happens in my life. Can I get an amen from God's people on that? There's just so much misteaching in the church about uh, believing in faith for miracles, and what happens is this misteaching drives me crazy is it causes so many believers to be discouraged and, and frustrated and, and wounded because they, they tell you things like this, well, you just don't have enough faith. If you just had more faith, you know what your problem is, is you're doubting. You should not be questioning the Lord. Man, that is so wrong. That is not, if anybody's ever told you that, I, they're making stuff up because there ain't nothing in the word about that at all. I mean, it's just simply this idea that when we, when we think that way and when we teach that way and we talk to each other that way, we're saying the miracle depends completely on me. I have no ability to do a miracle. Every miracle is done by the hand of God. And it's not up to me. So what, it's, listen, this is what Jesus said when he grew a little bit older. We're celebrating Jesus' birth, but a few years later, he would grow and he would say these words in Matthew 19, 26. He says, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, but with God, but with God, say that with me, what? But with God, but with God, everything is possible. Everything is possible. Listen, it doesn't say all things will happen. It says all things are possible. All things are possible. So why, why not take a chance? Why not believe? Man, why not just say, you know what? To the best of my ability, to the best of my discernment, I believe God's given me this promise, and I'm going to hold on to hope. Beats the alternative. Running around discouraged, frustrated, angry, doubtful, faith 
just beaten down. No, no, I will choose to hope. I will choose to hope. I, I, I will believe and I will have hope for the best until God tells me otherwise. And if he tells me otherwise, I will rise and I will worship him because my faith is not founded in that. My faith and my hope are in him and him alone. So we don't know how long Simeon waited. We have no idea. Uh, we just know that he eagerly waited is what scripture says. He eagerly waited. Loves he never lost hope. Verse 27, the second part of the verse says, so when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. Whew, what a lucky break, huh? <laughs> Man, look at that. What are, what are the chances? <laughs> this is divine destiny is what this is. Can you imagine this moment? Have you ever had God do a miracle for you? Like he's just going about his business and then, huh? That's your reaction to a miracle. If you've never been like, ha, ah, no words, I have no words. No, you never had that reaction? Man, I pray you get a miracle. You're like, I don't understand what happened. I don't know what happened. Of course you don't know what happened. That's why it's a miracle. If it, you know, the, you know the, let me step off for a second. Here's another thing we Christians do. Oh, I shouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to be surprised because, you know, I know I have faith and I believe and I'm not going to be surprised. You better be surprised every single time. It ought to blow your socks off. Man, because it's a miracle. Why do we call it a miracle? Because it's a miracle. I don't know how that would have ever happened. And this is Simeon. So he's, he's holding Jesus. He took the child in his arms and he praised God, I love the picture here is that Simeon was holding on to hope and now he holds the hope. He's holding Jesus. Man, what a, what a powerful picture here. So I just want to encourage you with this. When, when, you're, when, you're struggling, when you're struggling to hold on to hope, grab a hold of the hope. Grab a hold of Jesus. Because the 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 hope is not in the miracles that Jesus did. The hope is in Jesus himself. Because, listen, we serve the God of the resurrection. Jesus grew to be a man, and that man went to the cross, and he died, and he did the greatest miracle the world has ever seen. He resurrected himself. And we have a hope in him that be, if, he, if God resurrected Jesus, guess what? He can also resurrect me. There is nothing he can't overcome. There's no hurdle. There's no struggle. There's no loss. There's no difficulty that he can't overcome. But I know for many of you, you've suffered loss and you've, you've had just life, is, life has been brutal. Life is, uh, life is beautiful and life is brutal. I love the beautiful. I don't really care for the brutal. Sometimes life is brutal. This week I just grabbed onto and latched on with some talons to, to Jeremiah and his letter. I read it this week and man, I underlined like five things and I've just got it in my journal and I've been looking at it every day. 
It's so powerful. I just, these words, Jeremiah, if you don't know Jeremiah's story, <laughs> Jeremiah is a powerful prophet. And, and when you read the first part of Jeremiah's letter, everybody wants to be Jeremiah because it's like, oh, and the Lord touched his lips and then all these great things happened and he went out and he's the prophet and amazing things. And oh, wow, hallelujah. And then you read the rest of his story. This guy had a brutal life. I mean, it was tough. It was full of pain. It's full of heartache. It's full of, full of loss. And in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 21, I love these simple words that Jeremiah says. He's, all of this. He has suffered a great loss, and he says this, yet I still dare to hope. Come on now. I love that. Jeremiah's like, man, I have suffered heartache, and I'm still going to hope. Man, you all know my story. It's in print. You can read it if you want. Yet I still dare to hope. I want to challenge you to still dare to hope. Man, you've gotten a doctor's report that ain't favorable. Man, I will still dare to hope. Man, my business is not where I thought it would be, and I'm, I'm trying to be a person of integrity and wire things out. To, I will still dare to hope. God's put a dream in me. God's put a dream in me, and I'm trying to walk that dream out, but everything's going the wrong way. None of it makes sense. I don't know. I don't, think I'm, I don't know if I'm ever going to make it, but I will, I will still dare to hope. Man, I've got a prodigal that I'm praying for, for my son and for my daughter, and I keep praying, and they're not coming home. I've been praying for my mom and my dad, and they're, they're not coming home, and I'm praying for my brother and my sister or a friend, and man, they're not coming home. Man, I will tell you, still dare to hope. Believe in hope. Believe in faith. Maybe there's an addiction that, that has overwhelmed you. <laughs> you, you thought, man, I'd get to the end of 2018. I thought I'd be over this. And you've been tripping you up, and you get back, and listen, you get back up again, and you dare to hope. You dare to hope. Man, sin has been tripping you up. Maybe there's a sin in your life. You're like, man, I thought I'd be way beyond this, man. Get up and dare to hope. Man, your finances are not where they need to be, and you're like, man, I... If the truth is, for some of you I know, you're like, my kids should probably be on that tree, and that's not a laughing matter. Because I don't know how my kids are going to have Christmas. I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Still dare to hope. Man, keep, keep praying until that heart stops beating. Believe for the best until God tells you otherwise.